Looking for a great new thriller? Check out Conundrum Publishing. We publish books that make you think. From mind-bending thrillers to heart-wrenching dramatic action-adventure novels, our books will keep you up all night, turning the pages eager to find out what happens next. So, what are you waiting for? Head over to conundrumpub.com str for three totally free thrillers. You won't be disappointed. Again, three full-length action thrillers totally free at conundrumpub.com str. somehow ended up listening to the stuff that's real that you didn't know was real but also is cool podcast or sturdy dick were bayek or uh never mind welcome back everyone ladies and gentlemen reptiles and jellyfish we're so glad you're with us you're listening to stuff that's real that you didn't know was real, but also is cool. And if you think that you might have known something that we're talking about, you are wrong. This is stuff you did not know was real. Period. Maybe. And if you hear something you already know, you just mash that delete button as quickly as you can. Because we're not here to tell you stuff you already know. That's not our what job. What we ought to do is we ought to start recording the conversations we have before the show <laughs> and call it stuff that makes us irate. Stuff that stuff we rant about that you didn't know we were ranting about. We yes, should. the Patreon, the Patreon, yeah, we're, our Patreon supporters can uh, yeah. can hear us bitch that's, and moan. No, it's, a, it's not our job to tell you what's uh, what's stuff that's real because you already know what's yeah. real. Which is our job is to tell you what stuff is not real, and our our actual job is writing books, thrillers yeah. to be precise. And we do that, and we, we do that. We lie for we a do that, We like to research things all the time. Yeah. Yeah. So that's what the show is, right, Kevin? That's what the show is. If you didn't know that is real, that's your also first cool. That's a freebie, guys. You get that <laughs> that's <one>. a bonus. <laughs> <laughs> you get that one for free. Yeah. We won't even charge you for that one. But no, we, I got some stuff that's real, and I've dropped a link to you, Kevin. I'll put this in the show notes for everybody else who wants to follow along with my journey through this. I've done something a little different today. I did some research, but only enough to find this article because I wanted to actually let this surprise me as much as it surprised everyone else. Okay. So I'm, okay. I'm reading these nine things in real time. I've never seen these before. I just pulled up the article, made sure it had what I wanted. If you can imagine that. And, and here we go. But this all started, Kevin. Um, it's my birthday yesterday and about a week and a half. Well, we've been talking about doing this for a little while, but about a week and a half ago, my wife, Emily said, you know, your birthday is next week. Maybe we should build that bar, you know, and it wasn't specifically a birthday present, but it just all coincided. Yeah. She and I both like to do things ourselves. We like projects. And this was next on the list. We just put up some cabinets at throw a countertop on there. Boom, done. How hard can it be? Now I'm patching concrete under my basement foundation. <laughs> so you can imagine how this a little uh, <laughs> tough <laughs> scope has been crept. Let's just yeah. put it that way. Anyway, so we're in the middle, you know, literally we can walk out of my office here and there's open concrete. I pulled the carpet all back and ripped it off and we're going to do vinyl and it's just a huge thing. I can't even get the freaking light switch to work. You know, I bought the wrong <laughs> Whatever. So the point is, you know, it's going slow. But the whole reason we wanted to build a bar is because I, I really enjoy mixology. I enjoy mixing drinks. I, of course, I like to drink them, but I really just enjoy the chemistry of it. And so I was thinking about past episodes and one of my favorite elements of one of our episodes was the sour toe cocktail. Okay. You, uh, you remember because you've yeah. had this in your mouth. You've had this upon your lips. This has been uh, upon me. 
the very the very old toe itself has pressed your lips. The CBS series, touched by a toenail. Touched, touched, touch. Point to me on the toe. Where did this toe um, touch you? <laughs> anyway, <laughs> sorry, it's all Family Guy joke. So I found this article because I was just thinking about some cocktails that I might want to make for my future patrons, including you, Kevin, and anyone else listening who wants to come by my new bar. Give me a couple years to finish it, and you can stop by. But I found this article called Nine Weird Drinks in the World That Will Surprise You! Exclamation point. So there are nine of these drinks here, and there's a couple that I've actually heard of. But I wanted to just read through the list here and just make some audible notes. As I, This is the first time I've seen these pictures, by the way. Now you have and not I shared just, this article with me, by the way. It's in the private chat. It's, did you not it, see it? It's not there. Oh, there's the private there. chat must work. I, was maybe when I was in the room alone. That's weird. Oh, there it is. I just shared it again. There you go. I, that's weird. So I shared it before you got in here. I wonder if that's how StreamYard works. But that's not the stuff that's real today, folks. We're not going to talk about how StreamYard works. <laughs> Technical we'll, difficulties we'll take that, that are real. Yeah, I'm actually horrified. I, I scrolled a little too far, and I got to the picture. But the first one is from Vietnam. It's called Snake Wine. That's about all I need to say about it, because you can imagine exactly what this is. <laughs> Apparently, this is really popular in Southeast Asia. These guys, the folks that write this blog post travel around the world and they've visited about 90% of the countries in the world that existed at the time of this writing, I should say, because it changes every day. But yeah, this is just um, a huge jar. Imagine like a carboy for brewing or something full of liquid uh, sitting on a table with a gigantic snake shoved inside it all curled up. So apparently this, the snake is, is in rice wine or like grain alcohol, which is basically just a substitute the word neutral alcohol. So it's sitting in vodka or it's sitting in, show you something like they're not show you sorry sake something like that and then it just ferments there the snake literally just decomposes inside the alcohol it's considered to be an aphrodisiac of course why wouldn't it be because there's literally no other reason i'd be drinking this shit and apparently you have to use a poisonous snake or it says that poisonous snakes are used to make this strange drink so i they got the passive voice going on i don't know if that means you have to use one or not but yeah gross (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I'm hard pass. Hard pass on that. Yeah. <laughs> Woo. Yeah. So that's the first one. So that's what you're getting yourselves into, folks. Just want to warn this you. Is, okay? This is what you came for. This is what you <laughs> listen, you clicked it, not me, okay? <laughs> the best part about this article, though, and this is what I wanted to find. I just briefly scanned to make sure this was here, but they these two ladies have tried this. They've they've tried all these drinks, I think. So the first one uh, says it has a depth of flavor. The strong kick of flavor I'm talking about is the one that forces your eyes to slam shut and your mouth to curl. Not sure I think that's a good um, thing, but gross. Yeah, I don't really know. It doesn't give us anything else about what this crap tastes like. Anyway. Okay, uh, moving right along. Also in Southeast Asia, there's a place called South Korea. And they drink a soju. I mentioned that earlier. It's it's a pretty popular. I've actually had a bunch of different soju. They come in all the flavors and a lot of the military dudes bring them back home. It's like a Riesling, almost like a sparkling wine, cider kind of thing, but really light. It's usually flavor it like a LaCroix. It's a rice wine, though. So this one is a tuna tears soju. So I guess they they actually, okay, they actually do mix it with the fluid from the eye of a tuna fish. I don't know why, but that's what they do. Apparently fish eyes are full of vitamin E. Is that vitamin I? Is that what that stands for? <laughs> vitamin eyeball? <laughs> yeah, so uh, soju made, made made out of the, the tear, or made out of the uh, squished eyeballs of tuna fish. 
you know, one of the things that I think is interesting and fun about most other cultures besides, you know, the wealthier nations like America and some of the Western European ones is that their culture is based on a history of using every part of every animal that they can capture yeah, um, because they don't have another choice. They don't want to waste. So you got to give them credit, man. I give them a couple points here for using the eyeball of the tuna fish in their alcoholic beverage, but I can't imagine this was like a health benefit. I think this is, this had to have been just like a drunk college kid being like, Hey guys, I'm going to squish this tuna eye in here and, and make you guys drink it. And it became like a thing. I'm constantly, I'm always curious, like how certain things became food. Like what made anyone decide to eat that, you know? Yeah. And fish eyes, I don't know. I don't know if it's a modern thing. I don't know what the, the deal is, but the even the phrase eye fluid makes me squeamish. I don't know why that is. but that, And I don't understand that. That shouldn't be a big deal. Who cares? Uh, you consume some eye fl- If I can consume the flesh of this fish, if I can eat this thing, I, I, I shouldn't really care that I'm also consuming a little bit of its eye fluid. But I do care. <laughs> I do care. I care very much. I care very um, deeply about not consuming eye juice. This is a very critical issue to me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah it, an aside i just i heard a dad joke the other day about you know the color salmon you know like the pinkish kind of color yeah, like the brand yeah. and there's a guy talking to a salmon and the salmon's like you guys have a color named after me that's really cool and the guy's like we do actually yeah it's a great color it's, and, the, and the, the, the salmon's like it's because of my beautiful silvery hue it's a silvery blue color and the guy's oh no it's Never mind. <laughs> and the salmon sees the color. And he's like horrified. Anyway, or as my people say it, salmon. 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 I grew up. We had salmon patties. That was salmon hard. patties. I don't think I'd eat those patties just in sheer out of principle, the way they're pronounced. We didn't know. What did we know? We see a can it says salmon. We think that's a fancy tuna. And why does everyone always say tuna fish? That's true. How many yeah. other tunas are there? There's no other tuna. It's like saying Sahara Desert. You know, just Sahara means desert. That's Does it? Word I did not it, know that, that word means. I learned that in fifth that. grade. It may have, I don't know. It may, it may have been wrong. But. Tuna doesn't mean fish, but it is. if it is a tuna, then it is a fish. There's no other animal that we call tuna other right. than the fish. There's no. I'm eating tuna deer today. Want some tuna deer jerky? And I had some tuna cow earlier. Oh. <laughs> yeah, it's not like Wagyu. I, right? It was just, I was just throwing back shots of tuna cow eye juice earlier and we have our title for the episode <laughs> tuna cow eye juice all right anyway moving swiftly tuna along here we're only at number three we'll, we'll burn through these um the next one okay. is from slovakia moving uh north this one looks cool i don't know what it is but it looks cool tatra tea yeah this one's all it says uh, tatra tea 72 i guess it's a percent so maybe alcohol and then it, it's called outlaw tea liqueur this is from okay. Slovakia, but it's in a really cool container. It looks like something I would grab. Apparently, oh, it's a digestive Tatra tea. What's, why is it so special? It has a range of different flavors starting from 22% alcohol up to a whopping 72%, which I might add, that's like Everclear territory. That's yeah. way up there. Yeah, um, but yeah, that's, that's, a, that's a light day. <laughs> Had a couple of those with Mountain Dew this morning. <laughs> um Slow, apparently Slovaks are big tea drinkers and also liquor drinkers, so they mix it together. But it's black tea. They add some herbs. So far, it sounds like my jam. Alcohol, add the punch, and cane sugar. Dude, this is like the perfect drink for me. Spring water from the nearby Tatra Mountains. Yeah. 
Yeah, this is cool. So this isn't a weird one. There's nothing. Much. Yeah, there's, there's nothing all that unusual about it. Uh, and she even says, you? "It's you know, hey, this is a uh, what's where's it say? Tatra tea should probably feature on the must try drinks list, not on the weird drinks in the world list." You made the list, lady. It's your fault. Okay, Kvass from Russia is number four. This is one people may have heard of. I, I've heard of this one. I don't know why. It contains rye bread, and it's also known as fermented black. The resulting yes. color depends on the color of the bread. Blah blah. Okay, and this is all that really says about it. It's made out of bread, which I, that's not that weird to me. I knew this about, I'd heard of this drink before. You know, bread and, and beer and wine and related things like whiskey are, are they're pretty close. You make bread the same way, and then, you know, instead of baking it, you just distill it, you know. So there's yeah. some pretty sim, sim, some similar things in, with these drinks. All right. Okay. Okay. <laughs> we're back on track. We're, we're back, ladies and gentlemen. If you thought, <laughs> whoo, we were getting a, a little less violent you were wrong number five from china of course of course it is oh my god baby mice wine because their anti-humanitarian efforts extend very deeply into the larger world like killing little baby mice Um, yeah man jesus okay so this This is the wine you feed to the snake wine from vietnam this is the yeah exactly he puts these next to each other (laughs) assert your dominance over the animal kingdom but holy crap man this picture alone is worth uh checking out of course this drink has multiple healing properties of course quote unquote it is literally not good for anything other than being disgusting if any chinese people are listening to me please stop doing this take a little handful of baby mice just whatever you guys can grab you know and then you drown them in rice wine you can't do this when the mice are already dead right it ruins the magical healing properties of this bullshit wine you got to drown them you got to kill them in the wine and then you let it ferment for one to two years yes i love the line that follows that the aim is to achieve the strongest rodent flavor possible <laughs> I'm literally shuddering over here. Slap that on the label and put it in 7-Eleven. That Ooh, is our marketing man. line right there. That's the, more, that the stronger is... the flavor, the more disease it fights out of the body. That is untrue in every way. I just want to say I'm not a doctor, but holy crap, I'm I know enough to know that. <sighs> My God, guys, stop drinking this crap. Why, baby? Rights? Why are we doing this? Why are we doing this one? <laughs> <laughs> okay, next one, number six is chicha from Peru. I've heard of this. You heard of this one? Okay. So this I have is heard of this corn one. beer yeah. so far. It doesn't sound too crazy. This sounds, this is what I love about this cultural stuff. Like I would totally go down to Peru and drink this because this represents like their culture. Every culture in the world, it seems so far in, in our research and travels, Kevin, has uncovered beer. And beer is like any kind of fermented beverage. So beer, yeah. wine, mm. uh, cider, whiskey, whatever, vodka, like it's all in the same family of safe to drink liquid. Because yeah. there were a lot of these places that didn't have water that they could trust. And if they did, they wanted to be able to preserve the water for longer periods of time. So you didn't have potable water back then, potable water, however you say it, I don't want to say that. So this is one way of preserving the liquid, the water. You, you put stuff in it and you ferment it and then it becomes shelf stable. The alcohol actually kills its antiseptic. It actually kills off the disease. Mm-hmm. So I imagine uh, this, that's all, you know, a little history of alcohol there, but I imagine this is what happened in Peru. They took the corn, which was maize, and they had plenty of that, and they boil it down, they ferment it, and then they put it in, you know, their bottles or whatever they use. And the picture is it's like a giant coconut or shell or something that they're putting it in. Yeah. Um, 
probably a plant, some kind of something like that. It looks a little, it looks a little thick, doesn't it? It looks a little it does. grainy. Yeah, it's like, it's like a, yeah. he soaked rice in Mountain Dew. It, it looks like chicken noodle soup without the, it's like just the stock right. part. Yeah. yeah. You know, that's, that's kind of the color, but it does look like corn, fermented corn. I've made some whiskey and I used corn and this is what it looks like. So whiskey is just one step past the beer process, right? Yeah. This is basically mash. This is just mash. Yeah. And then I doubt they're adding hops and stuff to it like we do now. They're just drinking the mash, basically. So, cool. I would totally try this one. Uh, definitely yeah, weird, but, you know, it's like similar to kombucha, they say, the taste. I can, I can see that. Little, like, nutty tones. Yeah. Sounds good, though. It sounds like what I would expect, I think. Yeah, I wouldn't drink that one. Central Asia, going back over there, because they just can't get enough of these <laughs> weird drinks. This one is called kumis. Okay. Uh, yeah. I was going to make a comment about what it looks like, but I'm not. There, <laughs> we'll there just is a horse on the label, so now There's I'm a... already cautious. It looks like milk. <laughs> no. Okay, first step, Kevin, you're going to have to go milk a donkey. Is that what this is? That's, you have to milk a donkey. This is donkey milk? I didn't know donkeys had nipples, but I guess you can milk anything with nipples, Greg. All mammals have nipples. Nick. Okay. Where are you seeing that? I do not see anything uh, about milking a donkey. Second sentence, the second paragraph. I see it now. Go ahead. Go ahead. Uh, no, I was just going to say, you take your milk, you ferment it for many hours or even days. <laughs> Apparently, you can do it up to two years, says China. Who knows? As long as you want. And it's a sour. Yep, I, I would imagine it is. It's fermented milk. Sour, a yeah. little tart, good source of calcium. I imagine it would be. Yeah, man, I don't like milk at all, so I'd probably pass on this one. They compared it to kefir or kefir I, or however. Kefir, kefir yeah. So I actually have been drinking kefir. Uh, pronounce it. Yeah. Yeah. I've been drinking that lately, but I can't drink it by itself. Again, the milk thing. I, I put it and make a smoothie out like a strawberry banana thing. I love kefir and I love buttermilk. They are very similar uh, yeah. to me. So I would probably like this, but it would take me some effort to get past the fact that it came from a donkey. I don't know why that matters. Why does it matter that it came it. from a donkey? And it's of called a cow or a K-U-M-I-S. I just, there's something about that word. And the way yeah. this thing looks, where I'm, I don't know. Yeah. I don't. I still don't think you can milk a donkey. Yeah. I'm wondering what they're talking about when they say milk. Whatever. <laughs> Moving right along. Mate. Oh. I'm assuming it's mate and not mate. But mate I always is pronounce Argentina. it mate. But mate. Yeah. I don't know if that's what it is or not. <clears throat> yerba mate. I've had this. I think it's yerba mate. I think okay. it is mate. I think it's there's mate. no oolat or accent mark or anything. No, but that's not. I don't know. That's the mate thing. That's like a an English, historically English. The long A. I don't know. Anyway, whatever. Okay. South America. Traditional South American drink. So you get it all over the place. Uruguay, Chile, Brazil, and Bolivia. Did you like that? I did that. You did that. Practice that. It's caffeine-rich drink. Mate. And yeah, I guess this is the pretty similar. I'm trying to figure out how to make it. You drink it this is the only one I'm aware of that you can actually buy off the shelf in grocery stores in the U.S. Yeah. 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 So it's a special straw, the bombilla, the bombilla. Also acts as a sort of sieve to filter out rogue particles of dried leaves. So it's like a tea, but yeah. instead of a tea bag, you just throw all the leaf in there loose. Yeah. Like leaf tea. Yeah. Uh, it's like a ritual. Okay. So you share a big cup of mate with everybody and the straw. So this is a good, so they should call it the disease drink. So you get what everybody else has. Okay. So nothing crazy about that one. But they went to Argentina and they had to write about it. Yeah. And then from Fiji, one of my favorite countries to talk about, a cava, which again is another one I'd heard of. Kava is served to you, uh, to them anyway, it was in a coconut shell, a little half half shell. It looks like muddy water. <laughs> it does, I have to agree. But it says the uh, the taste 
was like muddy water at first. It's earthy and bitter with some gritty textures and peppery flavors. And then immediately this person said it, it they, their lips went numb. Yeah. Their lips and tongue just totally stopped. And my brain was screaming at me to stop. <laughs> so this must be like, okay. A minutes later, a sense of calm crept over me. I enjoyed the mellow feeling that took over my entire body. It's a yeah. psychoactive drink made from a plant grown called kava. So this is like a drug. I've read about this. This is that's why I've heard this. Before. I've heard about this. Yeah, right um, it's a drug. I, I'm pretty sure this is based on the same drug that is popular in Fiji and some of the other islands out there. People get addicted to, and they actually make this into a drink called kava. <clears throat> so, the psychoactive. You take the root of this plant, pound it into a powder, similar to the tea leaf or, or you know, a tea root. I mean, in Hawaii, and then you make it into a drink. Huh. Yeah. Yeah, they've got a, they ban it in some countries because it's an alcohol. It's like people, I guess, get crazy. We should be doing this while we're drinking kava. Yeah, maybe next time. That was a it was a, a quick journey around the world, hovering mostly over South Asia. Yeah, not pointing any fingers, guys, but you guys drink some weird shit over there. Okay? I wonder what South Asian people would include in a list of weird drinks from around the world. <laughs> like, all right, this guy in Texas is drinking Mountain Dew. Here's Mountain Dew. <laughs> That was the first thing on my in my brain too. Uh, it contains no dew from any mountains whatsoever. <laughs> the Walmart brand is called Mountain Lightning. Is it Mountain Lightning? Is something lightning? I know Green something Lightning. lightning. I Maybe thought it was not, Yeah, which I believe doesn't contain any real lightning either. No, no lightning was harmed in the making of this beverage. Nope. They tried to go capture it, but everybody died on the way up the mountain. Yeah, it struck by lightning. Hmm. Yeah. So what do you? Think I would about love that? to see that list. Yeah, it was cool. Yeah, that that's uh, that's very interesting. The <laughs> I don't know the the stuff that we find weird. As I get older, I'm trying to reassess certain things. Right? Like, mm-hmm. why do I have the reactions I have to certain ideas? Like consuming tuna eye fluid. You know, mm-hmm. grosses me out. But why gross me out? Why care? You know. And I think there's a we're taught, especially with things like bodily fluids we're taught there's a chance of disease or right. or something similar but then we'll go and you know we'll eat things i will my wife and i were taught we're having a whole conversation about how she's been reading about bone broth and stuff but one of the things that one of the guys she follows came up with was a whole thing about organ meat mm-hmm. and i'm like you know here's the thing when i grew up when i was growing up in wild peach texas organ meat was just part of what you ate yeah especially like for chickens, we always had the gizzards and the liver and the hearts and all that stuff was always part of the mix. Like, sure. we would make chicken and dumplings, mm-hmm. classic Southern favorite. One of the one of the things we used to make the broth, one of the primary things we used is my grandma would get this big bag of chicken gizzards and livers and boil that up, and that was the broth. And then yeah. we all fought with knives and guns for who was going to get to eat the the gizzards and livers. And so that's that's and I. I'm going to grow. Maybe this is going to grow some people up, but like one of my favorite things, it's the cheap, one of the cheapest things around is that you go to the grocery store, the meat department, and they'll sometimes have packaged up all of the chicken hearts from there. Cause they all make rotisserie chickens mm-hmm. now and they'll package up all the different organs. And I love to get the chicken hearts and fry them up in butter and just eat a big giant bowl of chicken hearts you <laughs> violently disgust me <laughs> sir <laughs> hey teach your own but yeah there's nothing absolutely nothing wrong with eating that kind of stuff 
Um, that doesn't heard, bother me at all, but it makes some people want to crawl out of their skin, and that's the thing that's interesting to me. Donkey milk does bother me, and I won't. That be bothers me too. That. Yeah, but I, I would make myself try it because it's an experience, and there's no real reason not to. Like, it's not going to kill me. It's not going to. I would well, make I mean, my I, reason overcome my emotion. I'm not allergic to milk, but like the taste of any kind of milk product, like I will vomit. I will literally puke everywhere. So they, yeah, that's a psychological thing, though. It is, but yeah. that doesn't mean I'm not going to vomit when I drink donkey milk that's been I fermented. Understand. So I understand. <laughs> I entirely like, sure I would understand. do it for the experience, but your experience is going to be vastly different than mine. Yeah. Your experience is going to be. That's man, why I we have place. to have the experience together because part of my experience is going to be the joy of watching you throw up your. That's toenails. what I'm saying. Your experience is going to involve a man violently vomiting his insides out. I'm going to throw this in here. Because I, because we are authors, and part of what we do here is th- this research and stuff is in part what feeds our work. And I would say that things like this, finding lists like this, and then so it gives you an insight into cultures in these regions, right? Mm-hmm. So if you're setting a story in these regions, this might be something you would work into that story. But I would also say that as authors, it is one of our things, like one of our responsibilities that when we have the opportunity to try something like this from a cultural perspective, we should. I'm looping back on a classic with this one. This is uh, Thriller Author 101. Yep. Because not a single... Actually, I'm going to confess, I've only... I have never until now written anything about this topic specifically because it gets used so much. Okay. But here's the backstory. So I was invited to participate in a a charitable anthology, and they want a short story. And I started writing one and realized very quickly, I'm writing a book, and I I want this book, so I'm not going to make it a short story. So I switched topics, and I needed something right away. I needed something fast, something I was knowledgeable about without having to do a ton of research, and I needed something that was going to grab reader attention okay and so i immediately said what about templars i'll write something i've never written about templars specifically i've mentioned them but i've never written anything specifically about the templars but i thought i'll cover that in doing that i stumbled across this story on ancient origins ancientorigins.net a a go-to resource for some of of ours yep and i discovered that there was a, thanks to a sewage blockage in the Mm. 90s, a woman discovered a secret lost Templar tunnel that remained buried for 700 years. Wow. This is in the city of Acre. I'm just assuming it's it's pronounced Acre. It's spelled like, yeah, it could be Acre. Acre. I think it's Acre. Nick likes likes to skew these things. But this is in what's now known as Israel. And it's a tunnel that was built by the Knights Templar as part of, they had a complex, a city in Jerusalem. It says, when the city was under the rule of the kingdom of Jerusalem, so this this was not Jerusalem proper, but it served as a strategic passageway connecting, excuse me, connecting the Templar palace to the port. So we've talked about tunnels and things before. This reminded me immediately of the episode where we talked about the tunnel the guy built between his house and the port in Boston. Remember this that? reminds me of the one where the guy built the burrito tunnel from one coast. The to burrito the tunnel, the burrito <laughs> cannon, the burrito uh, cannon, yes, all the way under the United States. 
but this one is real. This one is real. And so there, so the idea behind tunnels like this, of course, is secret passage between one place and another. And this one was to get people and goods in and out of this Templar structure in Acre. The, during the 13th century, the, the Mamluks from Egypt conquered this area. And basically, because they were Muslim, they just raised all Christian-built structures. Okay? So everything torn down. Now, if you're not aware, the Templar, the his, part of the history of the Templar, let me see if I can find the full name here. It's funny. So their real full name was Poor Fellow Soldiers of Christ and of the Temple of Solomon. And that was, of course, shortened to simply Templars. And that's what they're most known for today. So they were a sort of a church in a way, a warrior church. There's a lot of rich history about the Templars, and I'm not going to try to summarize any of it because we could go on forever about it. But the long and the short of it is that they were Christian soldiers, and they they were essentially engaged in a number of holy wars between uh, the them and the Muslims and other cultures and stuff occasionally. But they were preserving the history and artifacts of Christ. That's why you have movies like Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade feature Templars having procured the the Holy Grail, for example. Mm -hmm. uh, so there's all kinds of legends, myths, stories about the Templars. The origin of our fear of Friday the 13th comes from the Templars because that's the day they were executed, betrayed and executed. So Templars have this like really thick, rich history uh, they, that thriller authors can mine. But so this temple... I'm sorry. This tunnel was a was buried after the after this region was conquered by the Mamluks, and the, this, all the structures were torn down. But they didn't know about this tunnel. So, <clears throat> when a woman found it by accident in 1994, it it was excavated, it was restored, cleaned up, the, all the debris cleared out of it. They found a lot of artifacts and things in it, some of which is not mentioned in this. But they, and then they, they turned it into a tourist attraction. So they put a floor in, they put lighting in. So you can actually go to this place and tour this tunnel and see it end to end. So that's all cool. And it's, to me, that sort of thing is very inspirational. It's good material for stories. And, yeah. you know, I'm writing a short story right now that doesn't, it, that's, I, I make mention of, this tunnel but i reveal another lost tunnel that is discovered in the same region so what i've done is borrow elements from these various uh, uh, articles and things about this and the history of the templars and that sort of thing and it gives me i've got some free license because you know no one's going out and digging under acre to see if they can find more of these tunnels so right. if someone stumbled across one by accident you know it's a brand new discovery and who knows what could be in there and if the Templars had one tunnel leading to the port, it's likely they may have had another tunnel or series very, or network of yeah, tunnels. Yeah, very likely. So that's the, so stuff. that's what the kind of thing that's very interesting to me. Like, I mean, you start you now. This article actually, mm -hmm. actually, I think is quite good and uh, gives a lot of interesting details. Gives some of the history of the Templar, a little bit of the history of the Templars, but also of their these structures. It talks about how in it was April 1291. It says Acre was besieged by the Mamluks of Egypt, and the city fell to Muslims about a month later. 
the Mamluk Sultan Al Hashraf Al Ashraf Khalil, sorry, ordered the city's walls, fortress, and other buildings to be razed to the ground, so that it may never be used by the Christians again. So, lost as an history. aside, I think we've done a disservice in the English language to the word "raised" by mm-hmm. having another word that means the exact opposite raised to go up like, it's just really it's always confusing when someone's like when i'm reading it I'm, i know okay there's a z in it so i know that's the one that's bad and you can destroy everything well if we, we let's let's nick guys it we'll thackerize it rosed it's rosed we rosed it to the ground <laughs> i'll have you know that i pronounce everything correctly yes you um, do everything all the time but yeah it's so hey props to i guess it's jerusalem now right it's israel is that who it's is israel who it's israel in now. charge of the the reconstruction of this yeah Props to them for doing so well. Just a couple of pictures that I'm seeing here. They nailed it, right? Obviously, they want to keep as much of the tunnel intact as possible. They need to make it safe. So they've built a really nice looking walkway. Just yeah, incredibly nice looking. I'm not going to lie. Like it's, it it's looks very like inviting. Kind of I would go, yeah, you'd go walk around like a botanical gardens and be on one of these nice wooden planked walkways. The lighting, they did really well. You know, it's just really, it's good. It's, I love this kind of stuff. You can go in there now as a tourist and safely you know, snoop around and see what's there. And they've done their best to keep it all as period accurate as possible. Yeah. So yeah, good job. Any Israeli authority ministry of antiquities is listening. Congratulations. Yeah. You have my vote of approval. Yeah. <laughs> this will absolutely be something I visit one day. I hope I get a, get over to Israel at some point. There's so much biblical history there, but just even just non-related, but well, I guess Templars are related to biblical history, but yeah, just everything. People have been around for a long time, man. They've been building stuff for even longer. But from what I've gathered, this region, you know, there's a lot of political strife in the general region. And this particular city and in the, in the region that it's in seems to be a little more low key. They have had some like terrorist attacks and things that have happened over the, you know, in in the past, like 10 years or so. Right. This is where, you know, someone decided to drive their vehicle into a crowd and kill a bunch of people. And I can't remember if they were Muslim, Jewish or something, but there was, yeah. you know, some religious motivation there. You know, that, that, that's the thing. This is what's, this is what's interesting about this region of the world. And even in Europe, in some places, like you've got a, this rich history that we can mine for all kinds of stuff, but there's also a, an inherent danger to these places because of, right unrest and and you know that is those are like that's two like components of a thriller story and you've got you know you've got opportunity for a group of people to to want to prevent you from just simply enjoying the history for example you know so anyway so look for that short story soon but there you go nice. this is uh and that's coming along by the way i'm half done with it already it started this morning but yeah so this is The Templars, okay, so it's, there's tropes in thriller, the thriller world, you know, Nazis, Antarctica, the Mayans, and Templars are definitely on that list. We should have a list of thriller tropes like that, that we can hand out to people, but far from being overdone, they do sometimes feel overdone, but they're still, because there's so little we know about this or that, you know, there's so many opportunities um, to tell stories in those in, with those tropes, uh, and what are interesting to me is when they overlap, you right. know, because right. the, the Nazis in particular, they're like, they're they are the Venn diagram of history, 
because right. they tried, they were going for everything. Hitler wanted, you know, Egyptian artifacts, wanted he, you know, wanted Jewish artifacts. He wanted, you know, everything. Most certainly because he was after the grail, you know. Right. So there's a crossover with the Templars. You know, you can start almost, if you are just starting and you don't mind being a little bit derivative, you could start a story with something Nazi related and then go anywhere you want with it. That's true. Yeah. <laughs> they were everywhere, man. They were yeah. everywhere. Anyway. Yeah, I think it's it's ripe for the ripe for the picking. So it's well, no jar of dead baby mice, but it is an interesting topic. Still, but it's still very tasty of a topic. Very tasty. <laughs> I don't know what their weird drink of choice would be. The, the Templars. Templars blood. The bl- literally blood. blood. Like drinking just straight up blood. Blood of the pagans. Consecrated blood. <laughs> Consecrated blood. There's another episode title for it. Did we don't know what it's going to be at this point in the game. We don't know what the title will be. So you'll just have to stick around and find out. But chances are you're already here because you clicked the title. So it's a catch 22. You know what you should do? You should let us know what title we chose. Email us at I like hello that. at Email us stuff that's hello real. at stuffthatsreal.com. And tell us what title did we choose and which title did you, did you would you have preferred or did mm. you think we were going to use? Do that. That's right. That's right, listener. <laughs> Tell us, let us know. Pull over, take the air, AirPods out of your ears on your little jog there, and email us. You email got it. the phone right there with you. That's right. <laughs> with all that said, we hate to call this quits, but we can't talk to you all day, every day. Believe we us, we wish that. we could. One day we will. It'll be the 24 7 news podcast. With Nick <laughs> Exactly. No news, just the stuff that's interesting. Anyway, we'll see you next week. Thanks for joining us. Well, stuff that's real. That you didn't know was real, but also is cool and tastes like baby mice. We are your hosts, Nick Thacker, Kevin Tumlinson. We will see you next week, folks. Goodbye. Stuff that's real. Looking for a great new thriller? Check out Conundrum Publishing. We publish books that make you think. From mind-bending thrillers to heart-wrenching dramatic action-adventure novels, our books will keep you up all night, turning the pages eager to find out what happens next. So, what are you waiting for? Head over to conundrumpub.com str for three totally free thrillers. You won't be disappointed. Again, three full-length action thrillers totally free at conundrumpub.com str.